This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Today's podcast is what I would call a remote mentoring session. When I get asked to work with coaches as a mentor, as a guide, as a coach developer, like so many people in education, I usually start with some sort of a questionnaire or a survey or an interview and I ask a series of questions to help me better understand the specific needs of the coach or coaches that I'm working with. And so what I thought I'd do today on today's podcast is give you the five questions that I ask of people at the beginning of a coach the coaches relationship or a mentoring relationship, which you can ask yourself, what are the five questions that I believe you must ask yourself about your coaching? What are the five key questions that you need to reflect on, regardless of where you may be in your coaching career. You could ask yourself these questions now, even if you've been a practicing coach for 20 to 30 years, you could ask them at the beginning of your coaching career, the sort of questions even that I would ask of a university student studying sports coaching. What are the five questions you must ask yourself at the beginning of your coaching journey. Now, you could do this a number of ways. You could listen to the podcast and pause it after each of the questions that I'm about to run through. You could listen to it and try to attack them all together just by writing all the questions down and at the end reflecting on them. You could call someone or email or write to someone and say, these are the answers to some questions that I'm considering and things that I've asked myself about my coaching. There's a range of ways you could attack this. If I'm doing this in a professional basis when I'm working with coaches or mentoring coaches, before we get into the five questions, I typically like to spend time understanding the coach and what their background is and how long they've been in coaching, a little bit about their sporting career. I believe that first step is important because trying to come up with answers to questions has several different levels, if you like, of complexity. But above all, the most important element is honesty. Often when I do these discussions, when I do this questioning at the beginning of a coach development process, a workshop, a one-on-one interview, whatever it might be, I take time to help the coach reflect honestly and openly at the answers and at their coaching situation before we get too far into it. There needs to be a process where we break down the barriers and the resistance to maybe not being prepared to be open and vulnerable and expose who they really are or their reasons for doing what they do. Quite often the beginning of workshops, 
we do a range of activities and exercises to try and break down some of the pretense, or I might ask the same question many times in several different ways to try and arrive at an open and honest and genuinely authentic answer. So the coach can start their coaching journey by a, a revealing look at their motives and a revealing look at maybe who they are and to try and understand what are, the, when you strip away all the barriers and limitations and social expectations, what are the core reasons that they coach? Why do they do what they do to get to a point where the answers that they're giving me and more importantly, the answers that they're giving themselves are honest answers. Make no mistake, these questions are more important than understanding how many squats to do in a gym. Way more important than understanding periodization and planning. So much more important than understanding diet and nutrition because these are the questions that are at the very core of understanding why you might even be in the gym or why you're planning and periodizing and why you're getting involved in diet and nutrition. These are the fundamental philosophies and beliefs that drive you to do the things that you do. And because of that, they need to be answered honestly and openly. And one of the things that I encourage coaches to do is to go through a learning experience like this, maybe with someone like me or someone who's in coach development or a coaching colleague, but then sit down with your best friend, your brother or your sister, a close personal friend, your partner, your husband, your wife, a family member, mum or dad or a neighbour or someone who's known you for a long time and knows you very well and tell them what you're doing and saying, I've just gone through a process where I've asked myself honestly and openly these questions and I want to share them with you, mum, dad, neighbour, friend, partner. I want to share them with and ask them what they think because they know you well. You know, colleagues, over a period of your life, we end up telling a narration of our life that may not always be completely accurate. It may be based on how we're feeling at the moment or on the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And sometimes that's clouded through a whole range of emotional baggage and struggles throughout life and pain and difficulty and timing. Quite often, the stories that we tell about our own lives are not as accurate as we may believe they are. And I believe though that having a relationship with someone who's known you for a long time, ideally since you're in your early teens, and from time to time connecting with them so that they will challenge you and say, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound like you. Yeah, I know what you're telling me, but no, 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 that didn't actually happen that way. To have people who know you, who understand you for who you really are. Before we started clouding our memory with all those different narrations, who genuinely know you and who you are and will be honest and direct and say, i got to tell you, that's not really you. Or, you know what, 
that's exactly who you are. That's exactly what you're all about. I remember seeing you at eight and at 10 and 12 years of age. And you know what? The way you've answered that question, I believe is exactly the person you are because I know who that is. So there's many ways to work through these five questions, through peers, through colleagues, to record yourself on video and go back and reflect on it, to share it with friends and family. But the one thing I do encourage you is to work through these questions with a degree of honesty and openness and authenticity and genuineness. Because if you do that, if you're prepared to spend time seriously investigating the answers to these questions, I believe it will make you a much, much better coach. And not just that, I believe it will have a significant impact on many, many other areas of your life. So grab a pen and a pencil, grab something to record, whatever you decide that is most appropriate for your learning and let's get started. Number one, why do I coach? Why do I coach? I always start my seminars, workshops, my mentoring work with that one question because the answer to why do I coach is the first step towards discovering your personal coaching philosophy. The thing that underpins all the decisions you make, all the reasons why you do what you do, all the reasons why you train and coach and practice the way that you do can all come down to an understanding of why do I coach? What is your motivation for coaching? Now, I'll give you some examples. Some people coach to win. There's nothing wrong with that. Winning is not a dirty word. There's nothing wrong with honestly and openly saying, the reason I coach is to win. I want to be the best. I want to be successful. I want to coach Olympic champions. I want to make a lot of money out of this. That's a great answer if that's what your motivation is. Some people might answer that question by saying, well, I want to change lives. I want to make an impact on the lives of young human beings. I want to make a difference to the lives of young people in underprivileged areas or people from socially challenging situations. I want to make a difference. Or I want to coach because I love the sport. I just like being around push bikes and I love the feeling of being out there riding a bike with a bunch of kids and teaching them how to ride it better. All of those answers are good answers if they're your answers. The way that I generally work through this first question is to use the multiple why concept. And it goes a bit like this. I might be sitting with a coach and say, so tell me, why do you coach? And they say, oh, because I love the sport. That's a fairly typical one. I'll say, why do you love the sport? Then you'll start to get an answer like, well, you know, it's a great sport and people in it are really fantastic and I love the freedom of running through the bush as a trail runner and that sense of freedom. Sometimes I'll then go again and say, why is that freedom and that, that, that beauty of running unhindered just by yourself through the bush so important? Why is that something you value? And I generally find by the time we get to the third, fourth or fifth why, We've got a pretty good understanding of why the person 
actually coaches. Now, if you're doing this as an exercise at home, write the words, why do I coach down two, three, four, five times, and each time challenge yourself on the answer until you go, no, that's exactly why I do it. I'd like to tell you a story about doing this with a young coach. I asked the coach, why do you coach? He said, oh, because I love the game. I love football. I said, well, it's great. It is a wonderful game. But why do you love football? I said, well, it's good for fitness. It's good for fun. It helps to build teamwork. So, well, why are those things important to you? And it was at that stage the coach changed his body position. And you could see he really started to look inwards. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you a story about my life. He said, when I was a young man, I grew up in a household of nine children. My father was an alcoholic. There was a lot of violence in my home. And my mum just survived for our, us children. She did everything she could, but it was so hard for her. And I got into a bit of trouble and it looked like my life was going to be heading down a very negative path. And a friend of mine talked me into going to the local football club. And I walked in and a coach sat me down and said, thanks for coming down to footy. It's great that you're here. What can I do to help? Why have you come here to football? What do you want from the experience? And he said, oh, I don't really know at the moment and just want to play football. And he said, well, whatever you're here for, I'm grateful you are and let's get into it. And he said, over the period of weeks and months, that coach showed me respect, kindness, compassion, understanding. He showed me what it was to be part of a team. He showed me what it was to be a man. And it's because of him that I'm even here today. And I want to be that coach to another generation of troubled young men. And by that stage, he was crying and I was crying at that bare, open, transparent, genuine, authentic vulnerability that that human being was prepared to show at that moment in time. And I said, thank you for that answer. Thank you for your honesty. Now you understand why you coach everything will change. That's why this exercise is so important. This first question is, why do I coach? Once you understand your motivation for coaching and why you coach, the rest of coaching is pretty simple. The rest of it is, do we periodize for eight weeks or 10 weeks? Do we do bench press for three sets or five sets? All that stuff is linked back to the core reason for why you coach. Be honest, be open, be genuine, prepare to be vulnerable and answer this question first and then challenge yourself and ask other people to listen to your response or read your response because if you get this first one, if you get this one right, and right as in there's no right answer for anyone other than you, if you get your answer right, everything changes, everything becomes simple. The second question for you to ask yourself, 
What am I trying to achieve? And it flows very much on from question one, why do I coach? What am I trying to achieve? Am I trying to achieve greatness? Am I trying to achieve fitness? Am I trying to achieve success? Am I trying to achieve a life balance? What am I trying to achieve? Because that will in itself determine many, many decisions and choices that you make day to day in your practice. What is it that I'm trying to achieve? Now, I'll give you a very simple example. When you walk onto a court or into a pool or onto a track, onto a field, and you're about to start training, the number one question to ask at that moment in time is, what am I trying to achieve? What am I trying to achieve? And if the answer is, I'm trying to achieve an engaging, interesting training session based on speed and power development, and your training activity is 20 minutes of warming up and 60 repetitions of the one drill, you might think you're trying to achieve an engaging, entertaining, stimulating training session, but what you're actually doing doesn't reflect that. And I find a lot of coaches start with the program first and then figure out what they're trying to achieve later, that they find a program in a book or they find it online or something that they may have done or seen somebody else do. And then they go, well, what am I actually trying to achieve almost as an afterthought? No, the first and most fundamental question around practices and workouts, training program is, what am I trying to achieve? Importantly, the answer to that question needs to be multidisciplinary in nature because it's too easy and too lazy to only think about physical and physiological elements of what you're trying to achieve. What am I trying to achieve with these athletes today? Endurance. Great. That's all about capillarization and VO2 and oxygen transport and so on. But what am I trying to achieve emotionally and mentally? What am I trying to achieve strategically and tactically? What am I trying to achieve technically? What am I trying to achieve developmentally? What am I trying to achieve holistically? That simple question, what am I trying to achieve? When you walk into the gym and you walk onto the field, when you walk onto a court, to have in the back of your mind, what am I trying to achieve? What am I actually trying to do? And keep coming back to that and looking at your training activities and looking at what they're actually doing and go, is that directly related to achieving what we're trying to achieve? It's such a fundamentally important question, yet I find many, many coaches don't ask that. And even broader, what am I trying to achieve in my career as a coach? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to go? Where am I trying to get better? And what, what is that core element of achieving? Where am I going with this? Where am I heading? To be asking that question regularly, daily, within every practice, to stay closely connected to that thing that you're trying to achieve. Number two, what am I trying to achieve? The third question 
that I believe is important for you to ask is this one. How can I get better faster? How can I get better faster? How can I get better at getting better? There is no doubt that coaching now is in an environment and in a situation where you have more access to information and knowledge about your sport than at any previous time in history. There is more information, there is more data, there are more ideas circulating online. You have access to a greater level of knowledge and information than any coach in the history of your sport. That also means that everyone knows what you know. Your challenge is how do I get better faster? There's a fundamental principle that I believe in. Can you improve at a rate which is equal to or greater than that of your athletes? Can your rate of learning be equal to or greater than that of your athletes? Because the kids that are coming through now, even the very, very young ones, are capable of learning at a remarkable rate. They're exposed to video, to audio, to text, to multiple access points of knowledge and information. And they're capable of learning very, very, very fast. And in the past, where knowledge and information about sport was largely owned, if you like, by coaches and by sports, now anyone can get access to the same information. Your athletes have access to the same information that you do. The parents of the athletes that you coach have the access to the same information and knowledge that you do. So the challenge for you is not learning, is not gaining access to knowledge, is not gaining access to courses and conferences. It's how can I accelerate my learning? How can I get better faster? First thing is make learning part of your lifestyle. Make learning something that you do every day. Challenge yourself with questions like, what can I do today for the first time? Be reflective. What can I do today for the first time that no one has ever done before? How can I do what I'm doing today differently than I did yesterday? To adopt a what-if mindset. A mindset which looks at what you're doing and what you've done and learn from it and challenge. What can I learn today? How do I coach better tomorrow than I did today. To adopt a learning mindset, a personal growth mentality where every day you're thinking about, dreaming about, planning to get better and to get better faster. I think we live in an environment where everyone's getting better, everyone's learning. Every time you turn on your phone, there's a little piece of information that pops up in a beat. And sometimes it's silly, but a lot of times People are sharing with you pieces of information. Everyone's learning. Everyone's getting better. We're living in a learning world. So your challenge is not how do I learn, but how do I learn faster? How do I get better quicker? How do I improve more rapidly? How do I learn at a rate which is vastly, vastly better 
than my opposition coaches? How do I learn at a rate which is equal to or better than the athletes that I coach? How will I get better faster? Number four, what do I want for my athletes? Number four in our series of questions to ask yourself, what do I want for my athletes? This is an important one to ask because if you want for your athletes to win, that determines that your training needs to be relentless, uncompromising, totally committed to standards, to a work ethic, to taking care of their mind and body, to being professional in every aspect of what they do on and off the field, on and off the court, in and out of the pool. If you want for your athletes to enjoy their sport, to fall in love with just doing the sport, to learn some qualities about teamwork and leadership, to grow as human beings, that also will determine the way that you coach, the sort of practices that you do, the environment that you create. And it's so important that you focus on what is important for you to see in your athletes every day. It's so vital. What do I want for my athletes? And then once again is to stand back day to day and say, well, is what we're doing reflective of that? So I say, for example, you might say, well, what I want for my athletes is for them to win. I want them to be the best. That means day to day, they've got to turn up on time. They've got to train to the best of their ability, that the workout standards and the practices must be uncompromising. If the question is, what do I want for my athletes? And the answer is, I want them to just love what they do, to have a great time, to build quality relationships for all of us, to just feel that this is a wonderful, relaxed learning environment where people look forward to turning up. That too determines the type of practices and the type of workouts that you provide. But if you don't know what you want for your athletes, it's a guess. You're flying blind unless you know what it is that you genuinely want for your athletes. And if you've gone through this process of understanding why do I coach, what is it I'm trying to achieve, and then say, well, what do I then want for my athletes? What is it that I really want for the athletes? What is the experience I want to create? What's the opportunity I want to give my athletes? What's the environment I want to create for my athletes? It becomes very, very simple from that point. And five, something that coaches quite often find difficult to do, but an important question. And one I always ask, even with very young coaches and coaches at the beginning of their learning journey. Question five is looking back at the end of my coaching career, how do I want to be remembered? Looking back on my coaching, if I'm 75, 80, 90, 100 or even older, sitting out on my porch with a bottle of wine in my hand and looking at the sun setting, whatever you visualize as something that's going to happen towards the end of your life and you're looking back how do I want to be remembered? What do I want my athletes, their families, what do I want people to think about my coaching? What do I want them 
to think about me as a coach and the difference and the impact that I made on their life. You know, I remember when I was at high school and I wasn't a particularly good student, but the one subject I liked was ancient history. And I was fascinated by it and I thought it was brilliant. And I thought about it years later about why did I like that topic so much? Why did I like that subject so much? It was because of the teacher. It was because the teacher, instead of getting us to remember dates and names and battles, it was because that teacher told stories about history that brought them to life. And he got us to do things like, imagine that you were in Greece, imagine you're in Rome at that period of time. I want you to imagine that you were a soldier. I want you to imagine you're a politician. I want you to imagine that you were an emperor. How would it have felt? What would it have been like? He brought history to life. And he set in place a spark in my heart and my mind that history was interesting and it was wonderful to study. And it was the way that he went about teaching. And I would imagine that him being 90 and looking back and thinking, I put a spark in the hearts and minds of thousands and thousands of high school kids who then went on to study history and to learn and to, to get value from looking back at ancient history. I think it's an important question because from time to time, we all go through rough times. We all go through rough moments where we think about, why am I doing this? It's so tough. The politics are difficult. The opportunities are not there. We don't have access to the resources or the facilities that I think are important. We all go through these rough moments and that's the time we're thinking, well, how do I really want to be remembered? Do I really want to be somebody who taught kids how to kick a ball or how to pass a ball or how to hit a ball? Or do I want to be known as someone who made an impact on the lives of human beings? You know, one of the most beautiful things about coaching is that throughout your career, you will have the opportunity to change the lives of countless young people. You will have an opportunity to make an impact on the lives of other human beings that so many other professions don't have and couldn't possibly understand. What an incredible legacy that is. That if you coach to the best of your ability, that you may change a life. And not only that, there could be a multi-generational effect of your coaching so that you've touched the heart and mind of an athlete. You've connected, engaged and inspired another athlete who then in turn, when they've got their own kids or when they're coaching themselves, they coach based on the things that you taught them that they tell stories about your coaching. They tell stories about the impact that you made on their lives, the difference that you made on their lives. That in reality, your coaching now is still gonna have an influence in 100 years from now because you understood what it meant to be a coach, that you understood why you coached. You understood your motivation for coaching and you were true to that. You lived 
that motivation for coaching, that you understood what it was you were actually trying to achieve in your coaching and you delivered and provided that every day through your coaching, that you continued to get better. So you were just as relevant to kids 10 years from now, 20 years from now, because you adapted, you learned, and you continued to get better faster or at the same rate as the kids of that generation, you stayed relevant. So you could continue to build quality relationships with each successive generation of athletes that you knew clearly in your heart what you wanted for your athletes and you consistently created the opportunity and the environment for that to happen so that you can look back at the end of your life and look back at the end of your coaching and say, you know what, I know that I'll be remembered for someone who inspired, who changed lives, who made an incredible difference to countless numbers of people doing my sport. What a life well lived. This has been Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more Sports Thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.